0: You're listening to Prairie Justice, a Greg Sanders vigilante podcast. Prairie Justice presents the Seven Soldiers of Victory. Well, welcome back to Prairie Justice, the Greg Saunders Vigilante podcast, and we're here today with episode 47, which is a continuance of the, our Megasode uh, featuring the Seven Soldiers of Victory, of which Vigilante is a part, and it's from Leading Comics number 5, which is Winter 1942, which carries into the uh, the year of 1943. And Happy New Year everybody both in 1943 and here in 2024 as we uh, as I use our Christmas break to try to catch up on this episode mega so as we say and of this uh, portion is going to start with the vigilante our our artist on this chapter in fact doing the, the chores for the entire issue is Ed DeBrotka, and as uh, Mike from uh, Amazing World of Comics has listed, he has no credited writer on this book, and Mike doesn't make it up, and neither am I, so we'll just leave it at that. As our editor is Frederick Whitney Ellsworth, and as he is no longer with us, only he probably knows for sure, who he uh, commissioned to write this story. So our formula of having the uh, seven soldiers head off to fight their individual villains is in a rotation and uh, here in Leaning Comics number five, Vigilante, uh, I think I've heard of this guy, is up first in the rotation. Now what has been happening uh, prior to this All of the soldiers have been finding old enemies of theirs, who are all new to us, uh, that they have put into prison, who have been hired by a, a, shall we say, irresponsible billionaire by the name of the Skull. And I don't think there's anybody in modern times that could probably relate to the Skull. I'll leave it at that. So we'll get right to our drama. But first now as promised, here is our chapterized and individualized feedback on our leading comics number four megasode that we did oh sometime in twenty twenty three as my memory starts to strain on that. But it is, of course, from our friend Dave McElvaney. And it is on the Vigilante portion of that Senses Master story that we had in Leading 4. So, we begin. Greetings, Ranger Gord. I was wondering how the sense of taste would come into play in this chapter. I think this was an excellent approach to have the crook become a food taster. The crooks were typically foolish, as you pointed out, to leave take Vigilante's guns but to leave him his cartridges. Vidge didn't even need to employ his super spurs. Dave loves those spurs. The good guys had some smart moments here. Not only Vidge using the gunpowder to escape his confinement, but using the cornflakes to hear the crooks approaching in the dark. I wonder if he got that idea from his work in radio where cornflakes were often used for sound effects. Finally, Dennison was pretty smart to hide the diamond or the ice in ice in the refrigerator. Also, he was clearly rich enough to afford a refrigerator rather than an icebox in 1942. Refrigerators were pretty new on the home consumer market at that time and were fairly expensive until after World War II. If I recall correctly, the family history from my parents and grandparents, I'll wait till the end of the letter and I'll address that. Uh, One more chapter, Uh, coming from Green Air and Speedy, since there are only members of the soldiers left. And I'm sure that it will be a rousing finale with the combined forces of Law's Legionnaires against the Sense Master. I'm on the edge of my seat. Live long and prosper, Dave McIlvaney. Well, sit back, Dave. You've paid for the whole seat. You don't have to sit on the edge. But on the ice boxes, yes. Uh, Refrigeration of food... Probably, it goes back to as far as people learned how to preserve the ice. And working in my pioneer village, in many of the cabins that we have, we do have what we call an ice box. I had to learn myself on this, because when I was a a kid, my grandma always referred to her refrigerator, her 110 volt refrigerator as the ice box. And sometimes you will hear that on old TV shows such as All in the Family and things like that, somebody will say, well, I'm going to the icebox for a beer. Well, that actually refers to a large cabinet that was pretty much gave us our shape of what our modern refrigerators in our homes look like today. Uh, it was more or less the same size, and in one cabinet, you would have a large ice block. Now, if you lived in urban areas, your ice would be delivered by commercial ice uh bah. how should we say people in the business that's actually where the uh where the 7-elevens came from uh 7-elevens began as an ice uh, uh company in some city in texas i can't remember which one but to get back uh, in our rural areas such as where i live people would go out to the creeks and ponds in the winter time instead of sitting around and reading comics or listening to podcasts and they had some very large iron saws. Uh, you would drill into the ice and you would cut these blocks out. Usually on your farms, you would have one outbuilding uh, dedicated to preserving these ice. Um, and since you're always building on some of these old farms, you have lots of sawdust around uh, from sawing logs and chopping wood uh, for heat and things like this. You never throw that away. Uh, They would always be put into the shed, along with straw, because you're going to have straw around from bedding cattle and also as residue from their crops. And both of these are great insulators uh, for ice. So inside a log building or inside a a clapboard building, you cover the ice in straw and, uh, and wood shavings and such. And it actually uh, will preserve a long time right into your summer season. So you could actually chip some of this out and make yourself some homemade ice cream as well. So yes, and and as as Dave uh, says, uh, refrigeration uh, was actually very 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 expensive. And of course, when the Second World War and you start to get things like uh, rural electrification and uh, Your post-war boom in manufacturing, the price comes down as it does with computers and electronics these days. Usually the first thing that comes out is very expensive. And uh, as time goes on, popularity goes on and runs become cheaper. And of course, I draw you to Indiana Jones. And the Crystal Skull, where indeed uses one of a good old Philco Ford fridge from the nineteen fifties to get into to avoid an imminent atomic bomb test. And I think we've all seen that scene. And I actually thought that uh, that scene was probably one of the more credible scenes uh in that uh very uncredible film. Uh if you've ever been around one of those old nineteen fifties Philco Ford fridges you'll know what I'm talking about they are tombs and uh, it would take the atomic bomb just for Indy to be able to uh, open the door on those fridge because they had locks that were like an actual meat locker in fact there were a lot of instances of children playing in amongst old fridges and getting locked into them and actually suffocating That's why fridges today don't have locks on them. They have doors that you could actually kick open. Okay, well, that's enough of home appliance update. And thank you again for Dave uh, McIlvaney for that feedback for Leading Comics number four. So now let's hear the vigilante track down himself in the case of the criminal vigilante. Vigilante, chapter two. From the Badlands came the killer. He lived by the knife and the gun. He'd cut you just for standing, shoot you if you tried to run. He was big as a tree, and he did as he pleased, and everything he did was bad. They said if you was to kill him, it'd only make him mad. First of the Sinister Skull's henchmen to strike, Bronco Slade is quick to score with savage success. Devising a diabolical double-edged scheme, he entangles the vigilante in its vile meshes and death stares the warrior of the plains in the face. As the Daring Desperado combines theft and murder to perplex the police and unleash the law against its own enforcer in The Case of the Criminal Vigilante. In the home of Roscoe Meek, three women play bridge while the head of the family sulks in the kitchen. It's wonderful how you control your husband, Mrs. Meek. He does everything you say. Shucks, I I wish I I had the nerve to talk back to her. If I was only like the vigilante. Well, look at this newspaper notice. In the Express, Bronco Slate escaped on his day set for his execution. There's a $5,000 reward. Boy, I... Put her in her place. I'd capture Bronco Slade and get that reward. I'd do anything I wanted. Suddenly, as he stares through the kitchen window, Roscoe's eyes nearly pop out of his head. Why, why, there's the vigilante himself. I'll bet he's on the trail of Bronco Slade. Get going, you lazy critter. No, he's heading for the stables where Spinaway is being kept. I guess he wants to take a look at the famous horse. At the stables, the familiar clad figure is greeted with open arms. Thought I'd take a look at Spinaway, partners. There never was a horse like him. You're welcome, Vigilante. Come right this way. Who heals Vigilante? Isn't he a beauty? He sure is, partner i got a hankering to straddle the critter myself. Mind if I try him? A quick vault up onto the thoroughbred's back. And then, an amazing scene takes place. Think I'll keep the hoss, partner. Here are a couple of lead slugs in payment. Galloping at breakneck speed, horse and rider clear all obstacles to reach the open road. (gunshot) Any other varmint that tries to interfere will get the same medicine. While nearby, an astounded hero worshipper stands agape. The vigilante is a murderer and a thief. I've seen it with my own eyes, but I, I still can't believe it's possible. Wait... I'll bet it's a thief disguised as the vigilante. Maybe it's Bronco Slade. He always stole horses. I'll get my bicycle and I'll follow him and maybe I'll be able to capture him and collect the reward. Collie, won't my wife be surprised. Meanwhile, deeming himself safe from pursuit, Bronco Slade who is indeed the spurious vigilante, heads for a prepared hideaway. This'll put the vigilante out of the way. He'll have a hard time talking himself out of this frame-up. The cops will arrest him on sight. He won't even be able to show himself. But in a local theater where Gray Sanders, the Prairie Troubadour, is making a personal appearance. The vigilante killed three men and rode off on Spinaway. Some sidewinder has disguised himself as me and committed murder. I'll have to act fast if I don't want him to get away with it. Heading for the scene of the crime. The police are watching all roads for a man on a racehorse. It won't be easy to get Spinaway past them but I'll have to be alert for tricks. For the first time in his crime-busting career, the Warrior of the Plains finds himself in conflict. With stop vigilante! Stop in the name of law! After him! Sorry, boys, I haven't got time to explain. I'll be back after I trap a sneaking coyote. Better stop vigilante or we'll shoot. Well, I've taken my chances with bullets before, and I'll take them again. Hold on to your seats, boys. You're going for a real ride. Up a steep, almost impassable trail, the western wadi leads the way. Can aim straight with all of this b-bouncing. Well, this machine bucks better than a wild Mustang. I could ride it in a rodeo. This hill is too steep for me. Even a wild goat would have trouble climbing it. How does he do it? Sorry you're not coming along, boys. I'll see you on the way back. Over the rise of the hill races the vigilante, and then far ahead. That horse-drawn wagon's blocking the road, but I'll be able to go around it. I wonder who that Jasper on the bicycle is. I wonder where the fake vigilante went to. I thought I could stay in his trail, but I couldn't. Now, who's this coming in the motorcycle? It could be the real vigilante, or the fake one. That driver looks familiar. And that horse on the right side. Hmm. I think I'm not going to get off the road after all. It's the vigilante. And you're Bronco Slate. Knowing that the police would be looking for a thoroughbred, you disguised Ben away to look like a truck horse. Under Vigilante's deft fingers, the animal shrinks to a sleek shadow of its former self. You patted his body with paraffin, and then a coat of paint completed the deception. But you're not getting away with it, Bronco. It'll take more than you to stop me, Vigilante. Walk up horses, walk up. You need a couple of lead slugs in you gullet. I expected you to go for gunplay, Bronco. You're going to get a few slugs in return. Oh, that'll bring you down to earth. Do you think you're a wild horse, Bronco? How do you like being saddled? You won't pay to try to ride me, vigilante. The vicious desperado clutches at the valiant vigilante with arms that have the strength of steel cables. You're not sending me back to jail to be shot. You're a tough hombre, Slade. I'll have to soften you up. I gotta do something. I can't hold out much longer. One more good sock in the chops and he's done for. Suddenly, a meek little figure decides to lend a hand. The vigilante has been fighting a murderer while I've stood by idly. I've got to help him. Maybe if I hit him with this rock... Oh, I didn't mean to hit the ah. vigilante! Thanks, stranger. Well, that takes care of the vigilante. Poor Roscoe Meek receives a reward he did not expect. This will learn you not to tangle with trouble. I'll leave the vigilante here where the police will be able to pick him up. Meanwhile, I'll deliver a spinaway to the skull and pay off my debt to him. Moments later, I didn't know Slate could hit as hard as that. It was I who hit you, Vigilante, by mistake. I'm sorry, I-, I was trying to help you. My name is Roscoe Meek. Well, never mind, friend. Let bygones be bygones. We'll catch that sidewinder yet. It's nice of you to say that, Vigilani. When I do something wrong at home, my wife will never let me forget it. Soon, the Western Whirlwind and his newfound friend are hot on the trail once more. This Cayuse on wheels will go faster than any hoss flesh. Hold on tight, friend. I n- never rode one of these before. I-, I don't, don't, don't go too, too fast, Vigilante. Still with me, partner? Yeah. Yeah, yes, vigilante, if my wife could just see me now. No doubt about Bronco Slade coming this way. He killed those policemen, but we're gonna put an end to his career. What 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 will he do to us if when we catch him, Vigilante? A man and a horse rode that way, Vigilani. Toward the railroad. Thanks, son. You're a lad that keeps his eyes open. But at the railroad, the fugitive's trail comes to an abrupt end. The only place Slade could hide that horse would be a freight car. But there's only one train in sight, and that's for passengers. But prize racehorses sometimes have private cars. You're right, partner. I'm going to have a look at that train before it starts. Well in a luxurious private car I got spin away to you all right there Skull now we're quits you have done your job well if the others carry out my orders as you have I shall have everything I desire what I don't get Skull is why I wasn't trailed here by the cops the men working on this train saw me right in here on Spinaway. Ah, Slade, you have no idea of the power of wealth. This is my private train. While you are here, you are in no danger. But the overconfident criminals count their chickens too soon. It's the fighting cowpuncher again. You're seeing Rat Bronco but you won't be when I get through with you. Out of my way, Death's Head. I'm gonna dig my spurs into a mean Mustang. Here's where I finish the job I started last time. Flailing fists pound a fierce tattoo against the outlaw's face. You're slow on the draw, Bronco. Bullets can't hurt me as long as they're still in your gun. You're crowing too soon, Vigilante. You're forgetting that bronco has a powerful kit. <laughs> uh-huh. While the furious combat rages, timid Mr. Meat tackles the terrifying skull. I'm scared, but I have to act brave like Vigilante. If my wife could only see me now, you insignificant... Runt. How dare you act! Ah! <laughs> I knocked him out. I must be stronger than I thought. Take that, vigilante. Ah! I've got to help, vigilante. But the last time I tried it, I hurt him. Maybe. Better not interfere. As little Mr. Meek's eyes feverishly searched the skull's luxurious car, I have it. I'll pull this cord and bring help. That does it. After that punch, Bronco, you're going to be mighty tame. Uh! Summoned by the clangor of the alarm, the Skull's henchmen race to join the fray. Here we come, boss. We'll take care of this guy. Wonder where these galoots found out what was going on. While poor Mr. Meek stares in dismay oh instead of helping i've spoiled things again the vigilante will never forgive me it's a black eye to match your mask the vigilante fights valiantly punching cows ain't half as much fun as punching cowards why did i ever tangle with this guy but finally superior numbers overwhelm the wildcat warrior should sure give us a tough fight. But he won't fight no more. Tie him up, boys. I got a little plan for Mr. Vigilani. So, you thought you'd turn me over to the law and have me shot. But it's you who's going to be shot, Vigilante. We're uncoupling this train car and leaving it behind with you in that wimp inside of it take a look at that shotgun vigilante it's pointed right here at the both of you while you're trussed up like a spring hog and the hair trigger is tied to the plunger on that there punch clock when it hits five o'clock it's quitting time for both of you so long vigilante (laughs) well roscoe looks like the end of the trail for you and me is this really the end of the vigilante's crime fighting career the western waddy's future looks black but no blacker than that of the other soldiers of victory For this time, fate seems to have deserted the seven legionnaires. And trouble aplenty looms ahead in their struggle with the Skull's minions. As the vigilante fights for life, let's follow the star-spangled kid and stripesy in an episode of Evil. So my notes on this chapter, the case of the criminal vigilante, as are. Greg Sanders goes against a pretender, of course, in disguise, uh, supportedly an old enemy that we have never seen before by the name of Bronco Slade. Uh, we have no sidekick joining the vigilante in this story. Uh, stuff, our good friend, really never appears in leading comics, despite what Jeff Jones has told you. And Billy Gunn is not here as well. So it's just Vidge and a horse. Or his uh, gas-eating bronco, shall we say. But we do have someone uh, to help Vidge out. And uh, their meeting is is completely uh, not a good one. Uh, this is a, a man by the name of Roscoe Meek, who apparently uh, is coming across as a hen packed house husband. And I don't know quite what to say about uh, how uh, Roscoe Meek describes himself as somebody that just can't uh, stand up to his wife who essentially brags right in front of her friends at a card party how much control she has over him so obviously this story you know is is bringing up something about somebody in a unhappy marriage and uh, Roscoe seems to be a A meek little man, as his name implies, wearing an apron. And I guess the apron is the whole thing of uh, that he does the work around the house and uh, she tells him what to do. And this maybe is a little bit of a misogynistic kind of, I guess we should call it a stereotype on uh, marriage itself. As somebody cynically in the 1940s might write it. And I think that's all I'm going to say about that. There's, There's no more to uh, chat with this uh we don't know exactly where this happens uh, presumably it's somewhere near a racetrack that has stables to it <laughs> it's <laughs> interestingly enough here roscoe as he's complaining about his wife wishes he could be stand up and more to be the like the vigilante he looks out the window and who comes riding by beside a, with on a horseback is none other than the vigilante or somebody that looks like him so obviously roscoe lives near a stable perhaps we're in new york city and we're at near one of the the many the uh, sport racing tracks that we have uh at in that city perhaps woodbine does that sound familiar to anyone somewhere perhaps somewhere upstate where i do know there is a lot of horse activity and uh raising of race horses and pulling horses and such because i've met a few of those people they've actually come out to montana and alberta from time to time now this vigilante that we are seeing there's no sense uh, holding up the behind the mask is bronco slade who is using the cover of the vigilante to cover his own theft of the very prized racehorse called Spinaway, as because the skull likes to collect fancy things uh now, Roscoe Meek has figured this out, and he gets on his little bicycle because he doesn't seem to have a car to drive, and he's out to try to uh, to stop this. He's, he's not going to look for police, but he's going to capture Bronco Slade by himself. Well, Mr. Meek, I don't think you're Meek anymore. And, of course, this uh, activity has... Uh, gotten to Greg Saunders ears who realizes that uh, Bronco Slade is very near towards him and he arrives to the stable on his gas-eating Bronco and this is a very fine looking motorcycle that uh, Ed DeBrotka has illustrated here. Um, Very good details. He's definitely used some source material on this. Very good 1940s style. Um, I would say probably a Harley. Now, Vigilante suddenly is on the run. and You know, I have to say, in uh, all the stories I've covered with Vigilante here since his debut of uh, November 1941, despite being called the Vigilante, he's never been uh, on this trope of being on the run from the law. Everybody sort of assumes he's on the uh, the deputized and legal side of the law, but here he's finally acting like a Vigilante. Uh, police are chasing him and... Uh, they take him up a, a mountain, he takes them up on a mountainside chase, of which they don't come on, along. And we run into Roscoe Meek on his bicycle, and behind Roscoe is a stagecoach. I'm sure that's seen something seen every day in upstate New York. Uh, but uh, this is comics, so we have, a, we want to a, need a stagecoach, we've got a stagecoach. And of course, it's Bronco Slade at the reins of this horse, and he and Vidge goes straight into it. Bronco Slade in here is wearing a green shirt, and a yellow, and a blue bandana, and a brown hat. By the way, um, Vigilani, because this is something I do on the regular episodes, he's wearing a tan hat. Vidge likes to change his hats from time to time, as I've learned. Uh, Fighting McFight Stein on the side of the wagon, and uh, some good punches thrown here. Roscoe decides to help. He picks up a big rock because he doesn't know how to fight, and he also can't tell Vigilanians from the Bronco Slade. And he manages to conk the real Vigilani on the head, and giving Bronco a means to escape. Uh, Bronco takes Spinaway, who he has cleverly disguised as a draft horse. I didn't mention that. He has uh, managed to put a plaster cast or something around Spinaway to make him look like a bigger horse than he actually is. And, of course, Spinaway is, uh, as my daughter says, a member of the Horsey Run Show, and he is able to get off, uh, get away very handily, as Vidge and, and uh, Roscoe Meek have a little heart-to-heart. Um, Vidge gets back on the gas-heating Bronco, um, back down the mountain when he finds that the policemen that were chasing him have been shot to death. And, of course, that was Bronco Slade. And that brings us to a very, very uh, fancy-looking steam train. And this is the private locomotive, of the skull now this is something that we don't often have in the formula we don't often see the the master villain this early uh, at least in the chapters of the uh, soldiers run now you heard the skull introduce himself in the last uh, episode and I'm sorry about that but he did conk me on the head the skull is basically a very meek and i would have to say probably old man wearing something like a mask but perhaps it's not this might be his actual face shriveled up to an orange kind of uh appeal (laughs) orange appeal you get it, son? that's a joke gag that is uh just think if you remember the old justice league villain dr destiny and what he looked like in uh Later years after the Justice League had taken away his ability to dream and how he sort of uh, that ability kind of uh, wrecked his sleep and and allowed him to his head to shrivel up. So this is kind of the proto idea of that Dr. Destiny appearance wearing, of course, a fine uh, tuxedo type suit. Well, as Vig has a second go-around with Bronco Slade, Roscoe decides to take on none other than the Skull himself. And it turns out the Skull's pretty fragile. And, Roscoe, you could probably end this story right here, but instead you decide to help Vigilante, and you hit the the, uh, the alarm button on the tr- train. That's those pull cords that you see sometimes on transit buses. But an alarm button, all that seems to do is bring out the Skull's mob who overpower Vigilani and put him and roscoe into a death trap of bronco Slade's choosing essentially there's a shotgun tied up to one of those old punch clocks that you used to use uh, to put cards in and such and there's a it's a very simple sort of a death trap and their story ends and this is very interesting because i don't recall any of the soldiers' chapters up to this point that have ended with one of the soldiers captured and uh, in jeopardy at the end of the story. Usually, they overpower the villain, and uh, then we see the ma- we don't see the master villain, or we'll see maybe one or two panels of the master villain, and then that's it. We don't see the master villain again until the end of the chapter or the next chapter, and that's usually also the last of the uh individual agents of the master villain. So it's nice to see that the formula is getting shaken up a little bit here. Will we do that in further chapters of this of this uh megasode? Well, you know how this works, folks. You're just going to have to tune in to part 3. Further to that, um uh, as the skull may have deciphered because he didn't exactly know my master plan i am going to actually release um, each chapter of these megasodes on each successive saturday beginning on january the 7th i believe it is nope it's january the 6th 2024 and so we will have this to listen to through january and part of february and that'll give me a little bit of time to uh to get together and bottle up some more vigilante episodes and uh, try to get ahead of the game for a change we'll see how that works so we'll see you next week when the star spangled kid and stripesy um go after some diamonds of doom talk to you later um.